Hello, welcome to another episode of the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. I am so excited to be sitting down today with Simone Vincenzi, and he is an incredible community builder. So he's got his own podcast. He's got a lot of amazing things going on. I'm so excited for you to meet him and to learn from him in how he's using Compassionate Marketing to grow an insanely successful online business. Hi, my name is Justine Beauregard, and I've been a marketer and sales trainer since 2008. I'm also the founder of Compassionate Marketing, and I'm committed to delivering you fresh perspectives about branding, marketing, and selling that will change how you do business for the better. Each week, you'll be given tips, strategies, insights, and interviews that leave you feeling clear on your next steps and your simplest path to success as an entrepreneur. Let's dive right into this week's episode. You're listening to the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's, uh, it's great. It's great. I cannot wait to get started with the conversation. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your claim to fame. Yeah. Uh, so my, I guess that I've always loved talking about communities. I've always loved building communities. Uh, I remember I'm Italian, as you know, <laughs> the, the, the name gives it away. And uh, I moved to the UK when I was 20 years old. And I remember that when I left Italy, all my friends, uh, they said, oh, like, Simona, you were the one that were bringing us together. And I remember that I always had different groups that I was going with. I had my school group. I had my, I was into metal music. So I had my metal group. And then I have another, and I was always like the life of the party. And uh, I was the gel and the glue between all these different groups coming together. And when I left, uh, that people started telling me that. It's like, so how is this person going? How's the other person going? How's the other person going? And they say, I oh, know we, we're not hanging out together too much uh, since you left because you were bringing everyone together. And I didn't pay too much attention to it, to be honest, until then uh, I decided to build my first business, which, was, uh, uh, which is an event company. Uh, and then we moved into virtual events after, after COVID. And I started when I was 22 years old. And the one thing that we did, that we did really well, is to bring people together. Now, I was 22, my business partner was 22. We didn't have much experience to share in terms of speaking and events, but we were able to bring people together. And that's how we started. So we started our first company and it grew from the first event when we had like four people and two were the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> and one was my business partner, father. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it all other, begins <laughs> yeah exactly right and to now we have a, a community with uh, more than 700 active clients uh, that we are working with throughout different programs uh, we create social action projects uh, we come together and the idea is that to create an inclusive community uh, that uh, where people support each other and they help each other grow in highly profitable and sustainable and impactful businesses and so that's I love that thing. I love that. And you know what I think? There's two things that really stood out to me in what you said. And the first one was using skills in your normal life. I say sometimes like your civilian life, your non-business life, where you recognize right. you've got this quality or this characteristic about you that everyone raves about. And that's really what your zone of genius is. But you don't really think about how to apply it to a business. Like a lot of people overlook their inherent skill sets or their born skill sets as just, oh, that's just part of who I am. But really, it can be such a foundational piece of growing a business. So I love that you picked up on that at 22. That's 
wildly I mean, impressive. Just, I, I think it, it, this, uh, this realization happened more in a hindsight later on, but uh, that's what I've always done, bringing people together. So even like, I think I went by default, to be honest, <laughs> on autopilot. Yeah. This is what I can do, bringing people together, come in, come and attend the event. We have this guest speaker. Why don't you come in to the point that then, then we were the experts uh, talking and uh, then yes. grew and scaled the first business. Uh, and uh, then uh, uh, now we have um, a company with about eight businesses in, which we have invested in, in different industry. And the main one is about turning experts into authorities, which is GTEx, the community that we are running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the other thing too is being willing to host an event for four people, three of whom you know, <laughs> right? Like uh, having I mean, we weren't this... expecting that. We weren't expect that. We didn't say uh, we're actually really excited. So, oh, we're going to have, you know, I think we uh, the room could fit, I think, like 40 people. So we were expecting yeah. at least or aiming for 30 people then. And so it was very disappointing. <laughs> When, yeah, when but you know like, what? You uh, still did it. Like a lot of people, what I find is they have a goal of 30, they get four, three of whom they know, and they're like, oh, it's not enough people to run the event. So they don't run it. They don't get the experience. They don't live in the discomfort of what they created and really sit with the result that they created and then be like, okay, what did I learn from this? Because if you just kind of sweep it under the rug and say, never mind, we're going to cancel it, we'll do another one, the same thing keeps happening and you get into the cycle of despair and you don't learn. So I love 100%. that you had just that drive to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, because we have run so many events, I think that I did more than 3,000 presentations so far. So between live that's presentations, incredible. online presentations, yeah, that, that's my life is speaking, is communicating, is sharing. And at the beginning, like, it, you know, it was deflating when you expect certain numbers and they don't happen. But even in sometimes, like uh, even further on the line, sometimes you're used to certain numbers and then they don't happen. But the way of we have been able to reframe it is uh, actually is better for the people that are in the audience because now we can dedicate more time to them. And yes. for us, is that's how we see it. You know, we have two people, whether it's an online training or a live training in person, you know, great. Let's give them what they are here for. It's giving them an incredible experience because actually we can spend time to get to know them. And yes. that's how we reframe it. Well, and it's important to have those reframes available to you, right? To be able to default to positive thinking, like what, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times people use marketing spin on other people. I use it on myself a lot, right? Like I didn't create that result. How can I spin this to be really beneficial and to over deliver and to create this amazing experience? Yeah. But then also like when you're done with that event and taking out all the learnings, like really siphoning out the facts of what happened to create what your result was and then be like, okay, well, I don't want to always deliver to people and have the numbers fall short. So how do we do it next time? Better, bigger, keep learning and not get into the you know comfort zone again or like place yes. yourself in the box where like that event was so powerful with only 500 instead of a thousand people you know then you start to think like maybe i do scale back on the event and maybe you do maybe you up the price you scale back on the numbers those types mm -hmm. of things but you always want to come at it from a place of empowerment and an excitement instead of a place of desperation and feeling like yeah, you, exactly. have to do you it. can't change it you can't change what's happening there in that moment so if yeah. in that moment I got this amount of people, that's fine. But that doesn't yeah. mean, as you said, being complacent and then not saying, okay, how, what, can, what didn't work this time? No, what can we do so then we can attract more people if that's our goal? 
and yeah. uh, I'm 100% with you, 100% with you. So the other point that I heard you say, which I think is interesting, because this is a big time now where people are focused on this, is creating communities that feel inclusive. What does that mean to you? Inclusive means there's a space where you can feel safe. That's what inclusion and inclusivity means to me. It's about creating a safe space for people from different colors, uh, religions, uh, backgrounds, uh, so then they can all be seen for who they are. And uh, which, which is actually coming back to my upbringing. One of the reasons why I left Italy, it is because uh, fundamentally, unfortunately, still a racist country. Um, is uh, you know you have you have the church is very institutionalized, um, is very old school thinking, and uh, not very welcoming to what is different. Yeah, and uh, I couldn't fit in in Italy because I've always been the person that loved exploring, loved traveling, loved learning about different culture. I, I was, uh, I remember I was always like uh, the, the white kid surrounded by black people in one reason or another, also because I played basketball, which is predominantly played by black people as well. So I, I grew up not seeing that, not being afraid or not be worried about being someone that looked or had a different background from mine. Yeah. And the more I was growing and uh, like my wife is Caribbean, so my extended family is black. And the more I was learning about it, you know, it's not that, uh, I think that some people um, don't see when they talk about inclusion, they don't want to see differences. They take the inclusion yes. part as like, yes. we are all the same. No, we're not. We're not the same. Yes. No, we grow up with different values. We all grow up in different places. We have the different ways in which you approach life. So for me, inclusion is a creating a space where people are seen for who they are and be comfortable that. to express who they are. And uh, for us, that's the main thing in the, in the community that we are building is a, almost like a little word where people can acknowledge those differences, but at the same time, work together and embrace each other and learn from each other. And yeah. that's, I think, what makes it really special and inclusive. I love that. It feels special, the way that you talk about it, because it, it truly is like there's so much we can learn from every culture, every walk of life, every person's individual experience. And we all have an experience and a story to tell. And hearing those experiences, I mean, like, this is why podcasts have become so popular, because you get to hear people's experiences and learn from them in a really specific way. And it's all about the leadership of that space, right? Mm -hmm. Like the ethos that that person is creating for themselves and the environment that they want to cultivate. So I'm curious when you took that four person event mm -hmm. and, you know, you over delivered, you showed up, you did it. What happened between the four person event that you started with and now the eight company, 700 client empire that you have built? Like, what would you say you've learned along the way or some of your biggest takeaways to go from that to where you are now? Uh, we'll say nine years happened. <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> there is a nine year gap in between. Yes. <laughs> so you, you learn and you grow a lot in nine years. Uh, for, for everyone that thinks about the, that is looking for like the magic pill. No, no magic pill. Yeah, um, no. A lot of, a lot of work uh, <laughs> involved and learning and trying and failing and relearning and adapting and changing. Uh, but I think that 
the uh, for going back to the community is uh, the way we kept core to who we are mm. even with, in our evolutions you know i've evolved a lot in nine years uh, from uh, being almost like uh, a, a single boy not even calling man at that age <laughs> with <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, to to now it has been an evolution i'm and i'm only 33 at the moment of this recording so yeah great. don't know what the other evolutions are going to be but even in those evolutions uh, i kept being myself and uh, everyone else in the company my business partner the people that we have hired the team members is about helping them to be themselves and that what create is that over the years is uh, this place where people are not afraid to be and that gives freedom and because yeah. they are free now they can achieve more and so that's how we have uh, expanded if you're talking thinking about what has been the, the biggest learning is to create a place where people that people want to be part of mm. now one of the worst skills that i have is actually managing people i'm i'm learning at the moment i'm pretty <laughs> rubbish at it I'm, I'm learning and i have a team but they got patience let's put it this way they got a lot of patience with yeah because fundamentally i just put my head down and work right so even uh, like managing the team and taking care of people is not the, the thing that comes really natural to me and we hired a, a, a contractor to do a survey, the independent survey to our team members and see how the team operates and to improve the ways in which we, we, we do it. And one thing that all this, they all said is that with all the good and bad, they just love to be part of GTEx. They mm -hmm. love to be part of the environment that we have created as a team member and for the clients as a client. They love to be part of what we stand for, of the environment that we have created. And so I think that if there is the number one thing that got us to create what we have created, is to create a place that people want to be part of. Yes. You know, that people want I to have fun with, where they want to connect with each other. They feel safe to be themselves. They feel good about being themselves. And now what we are doing is to providing the platform for those people to come together with the goal to help them grow their business, raise their influence, get known in their industry and all that. But ultimately, it's about how they feel about the mission that they, we are all part of, which yes. is creating a more inclusive and supportive world. That, that's, that's ultimately our mission. Absolutely. I feel like the undertone of what you just said is really like a level of self-awareness, right? Because you're so hyper aware of your strengths and your weaknesses, and you're so aware that everyone has them and that we're all different. And so you're modeling that so beautifully by owning like, this is something I have to work on. This is something I struggle with. This is something I'm great at. And you really own with the same level of intensity and care every aspect of your personality it seems so other people see that and they're able to model after you and that's beautiful leadership that that's a that that's the thing that something i'm good at yeah um, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah give I'm yourself good. a little yeah, <laughs> a little pat that, on the that's back right. that. now that's something i'm good at because uh, you know uh, and uh, you, you mentioned something really important is about the um when you're talking about uh, leadership as well mm. uh, and setting the pace and setting the tone on how you want others to be as well is about being able to acknowledge when you, when you are screwing up, what are the things that you're not doing well, because then you create the, you give the option for people to do the same. 
and not yes. to pretend. So now we are in an environment where we can speak freely and we are a team. So guess what? If you're not good at something, then you, someone else can step in in that thing and vice versa. And even if it's maybe not your role, but you can step in and give a, another person a helping hand. And mm. the same with clients. You know, we have clients that are great at some things. They suck at others. Great. What other person who else in the community can come and support in that and you support them in the other way. And there is nothing wrong in saying, hey, I need help. And I, this is not the thing that I'm good at. I can, if I want, I can improve it because I know, for example, managing people and the management is a, an important part of my growth. So I don't, I don't get complacent. It's not that I say, oh, I, I, I'm not good at it. So I don't do it. Right. No, I'm like, I'm giving myself some grace and some space, but the goal is to become really good at managing people. That's my yeah. goal. Are you loving this content? If you are, I can guarantee you're gonna love the Compassionate Marketing Collective. In it, you'll get a library of marketing resources, live weekly calls, 24 seven access to feedback and guidance, peer-to-peer accountability and support, and members-only events and trainings. You're gonna love it in there. Visit growthmindsetmarketers.com today for details or click the link in the show notes. I'll see you inside. I love that. Well, and and setting the goal. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's a, like you said, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. Like you go from four people at your event to thousands of people at your events and you create this entire community. That's just like a beautiful space. But in the beginning, you know, it is a slow growth process. It's not linear either. Like, I don't know about you, but I've experienced like massive bumps in audience and then like kind of a slow growth and then like a massive bump again. And it, you know, it's, analyzing those things and recreating your success. Like a lot of people think um, that creating something that's gone viral is completely luck, right? But you notice the people who go viral do it multiple times because they figure out what was it? You know, they dig into it and they do some evaluations. And I'm so curious, like for people who are just starting to build a community, for instance, and they feel like, I want to have that massive spike. I am at the place where I'm getting one person who I don't know coming to my events. Like, what would you tell them if they came to you and said, I'm struggling and asked for the help that you so kindly said is important to do? Yeah. Can I tell you a little story to frame this? Yes. I love it. All right. Uh, This is actually came from the best piece of business advice that I've ever received. And it comes from uh, an old Hungarian man. I mean, it's not that old. It's probably like, was that 65? Uh, yeah, 65, I think, right now. And um, uh, I used to work uh, for him uh, to pay my rent and food. So I actually managed to negotiate uh, with him um, rent and food for free for about, uh, I think, three years because I was working part-time at his shop and it was an organic plant and food shop. And uh, he gave me a room in his house uh, and uh, I was doing three days a week for him. And he's an incredible businessman, incredible businessman. He built one of the most loved, according to Time Out, uh, it was in the top 10 most loved shops in London. Wow. London has a lot of shops. Yes. (laughs) So top 10 on Time Out, it was, uh, and we had hundreds and hundreds of people coming in. And it was this little space that he built with pallets uh, between uh, a pub and the railway station. There was a corridor, a 
told to the pub and say, hey, you got this corridor, let me build something and I have a shop. He paid the rent to the pub for it. And then he kept building, building, building up. It ended up even like three floors of pallets. Smart. With a, with a room at the top, with a house, little house at the top where he was living in. And what it was great, it was building the community. And he created something called the Tomato Festival, where every year we were growing about uh, um, 500 different kinds of tomatoes. There were probably about almost 3,000 tomato plants that we were planting. And wow. I was watching them all every morning. Uh, and, uh, and we created a tomato festival where we get children to come in, plant the tomato seeds. We will water the plant. And then we had a tomato festival where we blocked the road. We had live music. We had, uh, you know, vendors, uh, food trucks. And then the families were coming there to collect their plant food, their, their, plant, their, their, their plant, and coming back. That's all he did in one year. And the shop was busy for the rest of the year. That's, That's all he awesome. Did. Now, goes back to the lesson, which is uh, build your community first and the community will build your business. Yes. Now, a lot of people, what they do, they have a business and they say, okay, I need to build a community around this business for the community to be functional to the business. It's the other way around. You create the business in function of the community. And that's where you say, I'm going to attract people because communities are already there. What they need is something that can bring them together. Yes. Another one bringing them together, people that are already there existing, then you, you're actually serving them. And everything that you do around your business is around servicing. And guess what? They'll give it back to you. And so find the community first see how you can help them and create something that is going to be useful for them, bringing them together. And then, then you will think about the monetization part. But first is about service of the community and finding where this community is and tapping yeah. into already existing communities and then the service and, and so on. Totally agree with that. I think too, what a beautiful story, first of all, because I know, right? I couldn't I'm wait picturing to it, so. Yeah, I'm picturing too, like these families planting a seed and waiting for it to grow and being part of something bigger, right? Like it's bigger than just a tomato festival. It's really like you're creating a what's the word I'm looking for? A tradition. You're creating a tradition was, with these was, families. You know what's even better? that he had his own brands of seeds. So he created this brand called the Happy Seeds. Yes. Caricature of uh, like, uh, uh, they, they were cartoons on fruit and veg. And so the family so would cool. buy their seeds from him, which is his own brand. And then, so on a business level, it actually works. Yes. We're talking about, but the, the, the aim was uh, how can we bring people together? Yeah. And you know, what's so great about validating your ideas as a business person is you can get paid to do that, right? Like if you spend, it doesn't even take that long to be able to go into a couple of different spaces where the people you want to connect to are and create a relationship with them and start to ask them. I think we're so afraid as business owners to seem like we don't know what we're doing. That's why we don't ask for help. That's why we don't survey our audiences. That's why we don't take risks in the beginning. Like we work off of what we believe is going to work, but the best way I've found is to hear it, 
directly from the mouth of the person that you desire to serve and be able to repeat it back to them in a way that feels like the exact solution they're looking for. Like that's the key to selling, right? Is active listening and being able to say, how does that tie into my skill set? So for instance, you know, there's this tomato festival and you take this person who's like, all right, we've got a community of families here. How do we build a tradition? And then we ask them, like, what do you look forward to most when you come to this event? And they say, well, I really love planting the seed and coming back. So then he starts thinking, and I'm just, you know, posturing here, but just thinking like, okay, so the focus is around the tradition and the seed. So now I know my value is in that. So now I create a custom seed. And now I start to like create a foundation of my brand integrated with what's already there and just develop even more of an anchor in this community where it becomes passed down from generation to generation. People tell their friends about it. It becomes something to look forward to. And I bet you this business owner didn't even have to do much of his own advertising. It was all word of mouth from people who've no, gone. No, it was all word of mouth. There were no ads, no advertising. Yeah. It was literally like people would travel, but that's how I knew about the shop because uh, uh, I was going there to buy my organic fruit and vegetables there. Yeah. Then it's just like a fantastic man. And, there, and the, the way I ended up living there is because I was supposed to move house to go and live with my girlfriend, which moved at the time to another city in the UK. Okay. So I quit my job. And then, because I was still like, the business wasn't paying anything. It was still this thing on the side. So I quit my job. And then I said, okay, I'm going to move uh, to this place. It was like five hours away from London and in, in the Southeast of the, um, in the southwest of England, and uh, the night before moving there, made my girlfriend split split up. Ooh. So I was like, now I'm without, <laughs> I'm without a girlfriend. Literally, the only thing I could do is like started crying and say, "Yeah, oh God, give me an answer, like just to help me out." And so I fell asleep, and the day after, uh, then I got this thing. And I was like, "Go and buy your vegetables." That the last thing I need is vegetables right now, but you know, let's go. And yeah. that's when I, because I was already a customer of that place for, for about a couple of years, I knew that I knew Mihai and the owner and I told him what happened and say, Hey, I'm looking for a part-time thing. Do you know if you have someone or a place to stay? I'm looking for a house. Cause I need to live in about like four days. Uh, and he was like, oh, you know what? I got a room in my, in my apartment, uh, in my flat, just come there. And then when you have the money, you pay me. That's it. That's what he did. And uh, that's amazing. Problem with his leg. And I said, you know what? You have a problem with your leg. You got a tomato plant too. What, what if I come to work here three days a week? I covered three full days and I don't pay the rent instead. And that, that, that was the history. And that's what allowed me to build the business without basically, like, even if the business could pay me $500 a month or 500 pounds a month, I was fine because I didn't have any other cost. Right. Well, and I love that you created that opportunity for yourself. Like you went in there and you asked for what you wanted. And there's research that shows 70% of people who ask for a raise in a corporate job get the raise. Mm -hmm. And I think our biggest flaw as humans is when our ego comes into play and prevents us from just asking for what we want. Like if you thought, oh, he's never going to give me a job. He's never going to give me a place to stay. I'm not even going to ask. You don't know, but you walked in and you had the courage to ask. And yeah. worst case, you're the same you are when you walked in as when you walk out, right? Yeah. But 
just by asking, it totally changed your life and the trajectory of everything. Every decision is made in an instant. And I love that you yes, model that so beautifully. We ended up, uh, like we grew that company together. So in one year, then we, we opened a, a, pub, a pub, two other stores and a restaurant. Wow. Then, then it was like, uh, after a while, it was like, hey, I'm 60 years old. I need to scale back. So we closed the pub, we closed the other two stores. And on, now we have actually the restaurant, which is an organic um, an organic food, uh, Hungarian food restaurant. And I, was, and I was passing by a couple of days ago and they said, hey, listen, I need your MCing skills because I'm selling some pottery that I'm creating here at the restaurant. So I need someone that while I'm here preparing <laughs> dinner can sell the pottery. So oh, yeah, come in. Huh? So <laughs> that's the relationship that we have. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So is there anything that you feel is still, you know, wanting to be shared or do you feel complete? No, I think we cover the main thing because then uh, okay. um, if we can uh, summarize it, definitely is about creating the community around the business. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, create the, um, create the business around the community. Right. And having, having the community first, serve the community first, and then thinking about, okay, how can I what products and services can can I give them? Because now I have the trust. Because trust yeah. is the most difficult thing to buy and to get, right? That you can. Yeah, I don't even know that you can buy it. <laughs> um, not, not the real one. No, not yeah. the real one. Uh, but yeah. when I want to say buy is that buy with time or with your effort, with your energy. That's yes. that's what I meant. Um, it's not a bribe, like that, that doesn't work, but trust is a, is the most difficult thing to get. And if you get the trust, then uh, they're going to give you their money and yes. uh, want to make introduction. They will want to be part of it and they will introduce other people to the community. And now you have something that just grows. Um, and, and what you got to do is to make sure that the space is, uh, is set in a way that people, um, still want to be part of it and yes. keep serving them. And that's, that's a loop. Awesome. Well, I've loved this. So I'm going to put in the show notes where people can find you, but just give us a quick rundown of your website and your social handles and all of that. So people can connect with you and be part of your amazing community that you're building. I am. Uh, thank you for, for asking. So the website yeah. is uh, gtex.org.uk. So gtex.org.uk. So that's where you can find uh, free resources uh, we have checklists on how to build a community. We have a free training on how to build a community there, as well as uh, how to create and launch offers. So you can find um, uh, a lot of resources. Uh, so in gtex.org.uk. And then uh, if you want to connect with me on social media, probably the best way is either um, Facebook or Instagram. And you can find me at Simone Gtex. So at Simone Gtex in all social media platforms. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was a wonderful, wonderful interview. And I just, I want to hear all of the stories that you have to tell, because I feel like I you're so great captivating. Time. And <laughs> <laughs> I had a great I, time. I know that people are going to be like, you know what, I got to find this person and I have to just be around you because you just have such a beautiful energy and just all the things you're creating is so inspiring. So thank you for thank being you. here. I appreciate it. Thank you for the kind words. That wraps up this week's episode. If you loved what you heard here, please take a moment and leave an honest review. And if you want to quickly identify and solve for what's blocking your success, go watch my free training, Uncap Your Income. In under 30 minutes, you will get the exact action items you need to hit your next big goal. Click the link in the show notes or visit growthmindsetmarketers.com to watch right now.